Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith, and I just got popped, man. Can you believe it? That's right. The good folks at Funko Pop have made me a pop again, and this time they called me a director. That's right. Finally, somebody said it. I'm a director, and guess what? I am director pop number 37. 37? I'm 37? That's right. You want a Kevin Smith director pop wearing a written and directed by Kevin Smith shirt? You go to Amazon.com slash Jane Silent Bob right now. That's right. Amazon has a Jane Silent Bob store, and you can find all sorts of fun stuff there. Masks, shirts, hoodies, and whatnot. But right now, get your hands on one of these little Kevs, man. You can pop them anywhere. Lube them up and pop them anywhere you like, man. So if you're lost, ladies and gentlemen, and you're looking for a little direction in your life, Funko's got you covered. Order the Kevin Smith Director Pop. It's an Amazon exclusive, so you gotta go to Amazon.com slash Jay and Silent Bob. Get yours now, man. Pre-order it, and you'll receive it December 12th. That's right, it'll ship just in time for Christmas. What are you waiting for? Get direction. Get the director Kevin Smith Pop. Only from Funko and Amazon. Greetings, children, and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. You thought I was fucking finished, didn't you? You thought I was done with this show. You were like, oh my God, she's totally replacing with her fucking creepy boyfriend. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Creepy? Well, he was trying to take my place. He was never taking your place. He was a. What was he doing? He was he was only helping you out when we couldn't when we couldn't be in the same room. Did you get any feedback? Were people like, "I like you and him better together"? <laughs> um, I I, I know I, you read the reviews. No, so I, I don't read them anymore. You stopped? Yeah, I haven't looked at them. I would actually like to probably say probably a good thing that you stopped looking months. at the reviews right before your boyfriend started taking over co-hosting duties because. <laughs> You would have been going after motherfucker. Hey, fucking sleepless in Seattle. Go fuck yourself. Austin's the best. He's perfect. <laughs> um, how was it doing the show with him? Um, well, we were recording in a, a closet, so that was why. Because we we were looking for a, a soundproof. Look at this room's not even sound. Yeah, now that I'm actually saying no, that. Are you kidding me? Listen, here, quiet. Shh. Can you hear that dippy fountain your mom's got That's running outside true. that I'm like, you do realize this room is a podcast studio. She's like, I know it sounds like nature. I'm like, nature? Unplug your fucking water feature, I says. And yet there it is playing. You don't need no quiet room. Shit's free, son. They get what they get. You ain't got to climb in no closet to That's record true. your show. Good you should point. be recording a show while you're driving cross country as well. Oh, that'd be fun. The kid is about to light off. You know what? Before we get into this, because we'll get into that. But the I didn't get to co-host the show with the kid for a while because I went to New Jersey to, for the opening of movies, mm-hmm. which features uh, vegan food. So we're still on brand. Yes. <laughs> then I went to see my mom and my brother in Florida and... We ate Beyond Burgers, so that's still on, on brand. brand. Still matters to the podcast. <laughs> check and check. Then right before I left Florida to come home to my loving family, I got a barrage, <laughs> a barrage of texts, dramatic Shakespearean texts. You have betrayed 
in the family. Why like, do we have to talk? Holy fuck, this? man. I was raked over to coals uh, because I was – because because well, I still can't figure it out. Because there was a chance that perhaps I could bring home COVID. But the kid reacted as if I did bring home COVID and then licked everyone's face with it. And then shoved the roll of nickels up my ass and then handed the nickels out to everybody in the house so that they would it was like you did. get COVID. You're out of your mind. It um, was because I found – Only the second like battle, by the way, that you and I have ever had in our lives. Both of them COVID-related. Both of them. Both of them, you being very I, over overly COVID-reactionary. I feel very protective over COVID. Who fucking knew? Um, and then this one has the balls to say to me the other day, she's like – well, when I'm in Texas, I won't care so much because Nan and Pop won't be there to get infected. So I don't. I said, and you. And and you guys. And well, this is what she said. There will be no old people, so I can do <laughs> whatever what I, I want. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. What do you mean? <laughs> Nan and Pop are definitely fucking old. You got it. You got that right. But what, me? But yes, she was very protective of uh, everyone in the house who's uh, of high, what do they call it again? Risk. High risk. Um, and Nana Pop, just by their virtue of their age, put them in a high risk category. And me, by virtue of the fact that I had a heart attack, and by virtue of the fact that this motherfucking disease gets everybody. That's it's no true. longer just fucking young and old and shit. Um, she got real fucking militant about it. So the only two fights I ever had with the kid, they were not like knockdown drag out fights, but the only two times I was ever like, fuck her, man. And it was only because she was like, fuck him, man. And she fights. Like a combination of me and her mother. Which is a vicious combination. Yeah, it is a bad combination. It's a really, really uh, bad combination. Well, it just means that you'll like – what you take from me is the condescension and the like smarter than thou. Mm-hmm. But what you didn't take from me is the ability to like, man, eh, I'm going to drop this or I'm going to back down or I'm going to let mm. it go. You, what you picked up from your mother is the like Ahab from hell's heart. I stab at the fucking <laughs> harpoon me to the fucking whale because we're both going down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> uh, you know, fucking I will not lose uh, fight yeah. style. Is- it's not great. I, I don't wish I was this way, but I don't know if I could ever not be this way now. Um, yeah, believe me, I ain't gonna lobby to fucking change you. And you are what you are based on the fact that like part of her DNA wound up in you. God knows where. Cause you <laughs> look like fucking little me. But at the same time, every once in a while, I see her in not your, never in your physical appearance. It's always like looking in a family mirror of sorts, mm-hmm. but definitely in the way you go about the world. Um, you know, I see her always come out and generally that's a, very good thing because your mom, you know, raised a smart baby woman. But when it's shitty, Ooh. that's when I'm like, why the fuck didn't that part of the DNA slide down <laughs> and crack my ass? Like, what the fuck? Run for the hills. <laughs> oh my God. It is really, it's, it's so bad when any of us fight. It's really, really bad. I just wanted to pull Austin aside and be like, brother. God bless. You should have because he was uh, – you can't see my face, but he was just like um, – Have you guys ever fought? Like fought, fought, not just like, you know, fucking I love you more. No, I love you more. You can't say that. <laughs> yes, we fought. Have you like had fights where you're like, well, you're a fucking douchebag. 
Have you ever called him a douchebag? That's when you know you I don't think I've ever called him a douchebag. Have you ever called him a fuckhole? No, I don't think I've called him a fuckhole. Have you ever called him the C-word? Cunt? <laughs> You're like, listen to me, you fucking little big fat cunt. He's like, cunt. <laughs> I have not. What, what is how bad have you ever gotten in a, in terms of throwing out angry names? Um, the, hmm. Um, Bastard. Bad boy. <laughs> you're no. such a bad boy no oh, i hate you bad boy but i he, love you oh you know what he called well i guess i maybe do throw around some accusatory words sometimes mm. <laughs> like he i call him defensive or um mm. uh triggered <laughs> stuff call like that, that shit if you said that shit to me like if you're defensive i'd be like what you say oh my god i am not um he called me bossy once, and I lost my mind. You're kind of bossy, man. What the That's fuck? I was. I was like, "What? Move this, and also get me this." <laughs> I was. I was shocked. No one's ever called me bossy. I, but then, yeah, you're pretty bossy, flossy. I, I mean, think, think about I it. Am. You're the daughter of a director. Yeah, no, I'm pretty bossy. Then, then my best friend. I'm just confirmed. nicer about it. That, uh, yeah. I'm nice. No, I mean, it's not that you're not nice. You're just more like, no, this is the way it has to be. And I'm more like, oh, it's got to be this. Or it can be whatever you want it to be. Mm, maybe when you're working. Yeah. What do you mean? Here on the house, I'm not. Here I'm like, I got an iron will. And that iron <laughs> will will be made manifest. Yes. And all will follow. Or all will fall. Yes. All for me and me for all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um boy you're gonna miss that and that brings <laughs> us to our current point which is the kid is moments away from heading uh east eastbound and down more like south southeast east, yeah well i mean we're on the west you can't go anywhere well, yeah, west yeah. i'm going you're in east. the fucking ocean but i am also so going you're going east is southeast Not southeast like and down eastbound and down no eastbound and down it's right don't ever <laughs> Ever go against the fucking lyrics of Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> when I invoke Smokey, I know what I'm talking about. Technically, that song does work, eastbound and down. Because you're, if you're looking at the map, we're on the West Coast. You'd be heading east, and you're going down to Texas. So, eastbound. May I? Eastbound and down. Loaded up and chugging. <laughs> we're going to do what they said can't be done. Oh we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Um, I'm eastbound. Just watch old bandit run. Wait, that's from Smokey and the Bandit? If you fucking sing that to Pop while he's driving. The cry? Oh, he'll be like, that's the greatest thing you ever did, Harley. That is not He'd get on the phone and be like, now. Jenny. I don't know how he says Harley. Harley. He says Harley. He says it very harsh. He doesn't have an accent. He does. You listen to him say your mom's name, Jenny. Listen, Jenny. He's fucked the fucking south. <laughs> He's a he was a Florida fucking cop. He's as southern as it gets, man. Yeah, but it's so weird because he never comes across like a Florida cop. No. Do you ever get? Do you ever wonder if we ever met the real pop, or if like this is pop version two, where he's like. I fucking left the old pop behind, man. Yeah. You never met that son of a bitch. He yeah. was a hate tank. He was fucking, he was the law. Pa, pa is like the nicest he human is, being I've ever known. No bullshit. I'm not, I'm not, she ain't kidding, man. He like her, him and fucking, uh, Gail, uh, Jen's mom and his wife, Jen and Harley's grandmother, my, and my gran mother, -in -law. my grandparents, <laughs> but him and those two, you'll never meet better people in this. Mm -hmm. best of all possible worlds they can become friendly with anybody 
They're so the kind good. of fuckers that are on a plane and like all of a sudden they start talking to you and then that you become lifelong friends. They're such wonderful people. They went to Tahiti How with could some that friends do, but- and swam with sharks like at age close to 70 like they're the cool which it is stupid, not approved but, by you but it's yes, so not at all. crazy um but they are so, yeah because you can't be super nice to a shark they don't give a fuck and you can't bust a vegan card with a shark it's just like oh really i'm not well now i'm gonna eat twice as much fucking meat no, come, come. <laughs> so they are wonderful uh wonderful people but can you imagine like pop could you imagine getting pulled over by pop i know maybe he could you imagine getting drawn down on by pop where he's like freeze I can't. Free Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Mom gets caught fucking breaking into a neighbor's house. Don't make me pull the trigger, Jenny. That's so ridiculous. Oh, my God, Byron, stop. <laughs> Mom! Byron's drawn down on me again. Oh, my God. Well, he is a Florida cop. Pa. Um, That Florida cop is doing uh, this family a great service because Harley is headed to Texas, as I was singing before with the East Bound and Down song. Before I was so rudely interrupted. So sorry. By somebody that doesn't fucking appreciate pop culture like I do. But I do think that... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do um, think that my, my character's name in Once Upon a Time came, in Hollywood came from... Oh, here we Smoking go. Now Bandit. it matters because it now circles it matters. back to you. <laughs> now it matters. Like, like I said, it's like looking in a family mirror because I'm like, out there. look how engaged she is now that she figured out how it connects to her. Smokey and the Bandit had a character named Frog. And named me Froggy. And once upon a time in Hollywood, best thing ever happened okay, to me. continue about Pa's noble service. Pa, uh, Harley is off to Texas to start her show, Cruel Summer, uh, freeform show. Is that what the network's called now? Mm-hmm. They used to be ABC Family. They used to be other things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now they're freeform and shit. Um, she was casting this show like last year. She was going to be heading to do it in, in March. March. But then, of course... I don't know if anybody's been following the news, but we had a slight outbreak. So she's been home for a long time. Finally, these people were like, we're going back to work. And mm-hmm. so everyone's off to Texas to shoot the show. So Harley, you know, didn't want to fly and she's got a bunch of shit she wants to bring. And she's like, what do I do with the cats? What do I do with the rabbit? I want to bring them all. So she decided to drive. So her and Austin talked about getting an RV mm-hmm. and driving down there all romantic style and shit. And then thank God some adults got involved <laughs> uh, because these kids are soft. So sheltered, so hey. soft. <laughs> hey. We invited Nan and Pa because they are our best friends. They, are. they, these, they hang out with these old people. It's fucking nuts. It we reminds me of my them. mom. My mom used to hang out with my grandmother and all my grandmother's friends. <laughs> it's literally. It skipped a generation me. and went down to you where you're like, I like old people enough to play cards with them, to, to play pool with them and ping pong. I love them. Now, to be fair, these old people are not like most old people and stuff. They're so fucking active and wonderful. And they are fun to be around. They're so fun to be around. They do dope. Um <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, we're in weed legal California. So it, it, they're wonderful people, uh, saints on earth, and they have loved Harley forever. The only reason they've lived with us this long is because Harley has lived with us this long. They they were very clear to me and Jennifer at the very beginning when they first moved in right after Harley was born that back in Jersey. <laughs> no, they were they, like, we love Kevin. And then they left him. <laughs> uh, they said, uh, look. We're here until this kid turns into an asshole. Once she becomes an asshole, she's your problem. And the kid never went A-H. <laughs> never once. Never. So they've stuck around, man. They're, and so um, when Harley and Austin were like, we're going down to Texas. You want to come? Like Byron and Gail are going to go drive with them. So all four of them are getting in a, a rented RV 
and driving to Texas with two cats and a rabbit. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, that boyfriend of yours <laughs> better be rolling cameras the whole time. If he's looking for content, it's that's a fucking sitcom in the making right there. Quite the scene. The son in lockdown himself on the road. Really a scene. <laughs> um, adorable that you guys are all going out there uh, together. Uh, like, and, and believe me, if the if the RV was a bus, I'd be right there with you guys. <laughs> RV is a little too small for six people. You don't want to sleep on the chair that turns into a cushion bed i could do it bro or the storage above the driver's seat that turns into a bed i can sleep anywhere as long as there's weed i'll go wherever and stuff and there won't be weed here though because this is a road trip to texas you guys gotta go drive what is a stoner like you gonna do somebody who's enjoys the greens beyond the vegan greens headed to the to the the the, 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 the one of the states that's just like never never green I would be a lot less chill. So. <laughs> Turn oh into a different person. Next five months for you are going to be like, what'd you say? I really am. Poor Austin. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, a big experience, big, big day uh, here in the house coming up because, you know, Harley, thank the Lord, didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. This is the closest experience that any of us have ever had to her going away to college. Like she's gone off to shoot things, but when she went off to shoot the pilot for this, it was like what, two weeks, three weeks or something. Yeah. It was about a month. The longest I've ever been gone is for a month for all the, all the films that I had to leave for. It's also been a month. Mm. Everything's only been a month, but this is five times that that's true. Five months. This is you growing up, man. It's like most kids go off to college when they're 17, you waited till you were 21 and now you're ready to, Leave the nest a little bit. But I'm not ready because I cried all. so hard in mom's arms last night. She told me because I was like, we're going to go see her this week. She's like, well, we, we have to wait and see. I was like, no, I told her I was going to go right after Chicago and stuff. And then I'm going to come home for the election. Now I'm going to go down. She's like, well, like you know, she last night she was in here crying and we might need to let her get settled first. And then there's the COVID rules and stuff. I definitely have attachment issues. <laughs> Um, but the, I mean, look, you couldn't ask for a better way to make the transition. You are literally, as I told you as a child, like, like, you know, you live in a bubble one day, create your own bubble and go right into that bubble, but always stay in the bubble because outside is terrible. The RV is my trans, uh, my way to transfer the bubble. It is. Towns. It's your, you're moving just like we, whenever we went to go uh, on location, shoot a movie with you as a little kid, we would bring the whole house like it would like we would put a bubble around it and be like Foom, so that life could continue the way it did out there so it's adorable to see you creating your own bubble doing your your thing now where you're you know all right this is how i'm this is how i will go forward with location shooting from here forward my bubble is nice there's a rabbit and there's two cats and my boyfriend it's a nice bubble oh my and my God. grandparents <laughs> You're invited to be a part of the bubble if you want. I'm just financing the fucking bubble. That's true. You keep the That's bubble That's the most going. important role. Exactly. <laughs> bubble builder over here. Fuck. Um, all right. Speaking of Austin and son in lockdown. Um, we oh, got wow. To, what a what a way to tie this back. It's only well done if you don't call attention to it. But I'm sorry. You, I'll take a comment. I was just really impressed. Um, while we were doing Son of Lockdown, uh, which was a part of the great show Celebrity Show Off that ran on TBS this summer and stuff, uh, the hostess of that show with the mostess, mm-hmm. um, of course, uh, the great Mayim Bialik. And uh, she – I met her a few times before in the real world when I've done little bits on um, – uh, Big, Bang. Big Bang Theory. 
Um, but I've always dug her, man. She's because she's smart as a fucking whip. And like early on, she, you know, the hubbub on her was like, you know, she's fucking a genius, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and be, like people be like, what the blossom girl? Like, yeah, she's fucking, she grew up to be a rocket scientist and shit like that. And she dropped out of the public eye for a while to pr- pursue studies only. Then I forget. Well, I don't know if it was like Kirby enthusiasm or if it was maybe the Kirstie Alley show, but I remember she like played herself on a show as an adult. And I was like, I haven't seen her in a while. And she was really funny. And then she got the big bang theory gig and like the rest is history. She, she's been working pretty consistently on one of the most, the most famous sitcom of the mm-hmm. last fucking decade and stuff. And so, she's a vegan. <laughs> and she's a vegan. And, and what I was going to say, one of the things you know about mine, if you know about her at all is she's green. She's been green plant-based for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, while we were doing the show, I, I was like, Oh my God, will you come on? vegan abattoir and she was like oh god absolutely and it happened so harley got to sit down and interview mayam i i'm so excited for everyone to hear it all right let's dive in man harley interviews mayam bialik here we go thank you so much for being here i'm so stoked to talk to you for so many reasons also so weird because we were just involved in celebrity show off together such a small world (laughs) It is our reunion of sorts. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it is a reunion of sorts. Um, so every guest who comes on the show, I ask of them if they could tell me, uh, your, your vegan story. Where did you get involved with veganism? When did you first find out about it? What did your vegan journey look like? Let's see. Um, I was raised on what we call the SAD diet, the standard American diet, the acronym <laughs> for it. And, um, you know, I, I, my parents are first generation Americans. And so I come from a lot of Eastern European cooking and a lot of meat, a lot of potatoes, um, you know, also a lot of really beautiful food because my grandmother was Hungarian and there's very special cuisine that comes from Hungary. So um, I grew up, you know, never really complaining about what I ate because that wasn't really an option in my house. I always felt weird about eating animals, though. I did. I felt weird about it. And growing up, I was born in 1975. Like, you didn't do anything with those feelings. You just had them and shoved them down. So when I left my parents' home, I was 19 when I went to college and I moved out and um, I became a vegetarian. And back then, that's what we called it. I now can can define it as I was a lacto-ovatarian. So that meant that I ate eggs and I ate dairy. Um, And one of the things that happened when I went to college, I started getting sick a lot. Um, I always was one of those people who was like always runny, always sneezing. My eyes were always itching and burning. And like just my whole life, my whole household was like that. And I went to a doctor at UCLA and I have, I don't even remember who this doctor was. I wish that I remembered, but he said, have you ever thought of cutting out dairy? And I was like, no, why? And he said, because it produces mucus and it's really bad for you. Hmm. And I significantly cut back dairy and I no longer needed to keep going to him for sinus infections and for antibiotics. Oh wow! And for the next 25 years, I did not take an antibiotic. Um, I had a dairy allergy. Now that doesn't mean I was lactose intolerant, which most people are. I had an allergy and I likely had it my whole life. And I was raised on, you know, ice cream before bed and a glass of milk and all those things. And sure enough, I went through a box of tissues every two days. Uh, my brother was the same. My father was the same. And they just kept feeding us dairy. So I pretty much eliminated dairy. I still ate trace dairy, like if it was in a Snickers bar or Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, right. um, I ate eggs if it was in things. 
And when I had my first son, I was 29 when I had my first son, I was still eating small amounts of dairy. Um, He was allergic, if I ever had dairy, through my breast milk. Now, this doesn't mean that he was allergic to breast milk. It means that one of the most common allergens for newborns is dairy. And if you are breastfeeding, any dairy you have, they can be very sensitive to. It was then that I decided to stop messing around and to just cut out dairy. It was not good for me. It was not good for my baby. Um, And eggs went shortly thereafter, after I read Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foyer. Um, The environmental and ethical implications of continuing to eat products that had been farmed just didn't work for me anymore. And the best way that I describe my vegan journey is that I kept trying to find where the line was, you know, like, will I eat a free range chicken? Will I eat a free range chicken egg? Will I do this? And finally, I said, you know what? I'm just going to erase the line. And then there's no question of where to put the line. (laughs) I'm vegan. I don't eat anything that was made from an animal being processed in any way, whether it's a farmer or a farm or a factory. And I happen to be a lifestyle vegan, meaning I also choose not to wear byproducts of animals. I do not eat honey. If someone bakes something and there's honey in it, I don't, I don't kick it to the curb, but I do not cook with honey and I do not pursue animal products like silk and honey and wool. That's amazing. I, it's so. That's my journey. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing your journey with me. It's, it's so great to, to hear all the aspects that went into, you know, ultimately becoming vegan because so many people mm-hmm. don't just go vegan overnight. It takes, it takes time. It took me a few years to become fully vegan and it's, you know, yeah. a process for sure for a lot of people. Um, and I've also watched all your videos on your YouTube channel about veganism. Um, I love how you involved the economic side of, mm-hmm. of veganism in all of it, because, you know, we as humans have done some pretty horrendous things to animals, like genetically mutating them so that they have more desirable meat, uh, you know, chickens having larger breasts or pigs having lighter mm-hmm. skin. Um, and it's so insane that the the lengths that we have gone to to, to put money over everything, even our ethics. And that's not something that that I find often talked about in veganism, because it's usually always, you know, animal rights, the environmental side, and health, but people don't often touch upon, like, really why all of that is happening. It's because we're putting the economics in front of it and making all these animals mm-hmm. suffer at such a mass length. And I, I love what you said in your in your video, how um, you were saying, you know, a long time ago, we, we knew where we would be getting meat from. It would be the the one guy that, you know, <laughs> kills lambs and is, uh, you know, a, a butcher. But it's not like that anymore. <laughs> right. It's it, it's such a different system now. Uh, why do you think it's so kind of difficult or, uh, to understand for most people or just not even that it's difficult? It's just not something that, you know, is at the forefront of our mind. I mean, I think... Um, first of all, like, I really appreciate the question because like, this is really like when you, when you kind of get past people's reactions, which you and I have been dealing with for years, right? Like, ew, oh, you eat bird seed. Like when you get past the sort of like superficial, like people being funny because they're uncomfortable that you do something that they don't feel they have the guts to do. Right. When you get through that first layer, what, what lies beneath it is something that people really don't want to talk about, which is 
capitalism. Right. And the fact is that drives all of our food decisions because it drives all of our decisions because it's the system that we're living in. And the fact is, it's not just the implication for animals, right? It's the implication for what it means to us as humans. Right. When we are working in those factors, I mean, this is like Marx and Engels, you know, this is like, this is revolutionary theory about economics. And it's saying that when we have to produce something and the person who makes the most money is the person at the top, you have to do everything you can to make the labor as cheap as possible and to make the product as cheap as possible so you can get the most profit so the person at the top can make the most money. And that's capitalism. And in many ways, it's really liberating and wonderful. and Like, yay, free market, right? Yeah. But there's going to be a price to pay. And the most vulnerable will pay that price. And that means animals. And yes, that means the populations that no one wants to care about, which we're finally talking about. The people who do that work and work in those factories and we don't think about what it does to their bodies and their health and their families. Absolutely. And there's so many implications that come with working in, in slaughterhouses or uh, having to see these terrible things happen that you kind of have to just condition yourself to be okay with seeing because maybe it's the only way that you're able to make money for your family. But mm -hmm. like the, the mental health implications as well as, you know, the physical ones just being in these very dirty environments and, and participating mm -hmm. in the, in these, uh, laborious tasks or, or anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they're, they're also there. There's been, I think it was Harper's had a few really unbelievable articles about what it's like to work in those factories by people who work there. And like, I didn't even know these things, like the, like the level of, of pain in your body from working in these kinds of factories. And it's like, it's the kind of thing that people don't want to think about because it's really unpleasant. But also like, you know, I dated a carpenter for many years. The things that he inhaled, you know, installing homes for rich people, right. like, it is not healthy. And it wasn't healthy. It's never going to be healthy. But we don't want to think about that. Think yeah. about the people who paint your house, the people who tent your house, like the people who do the work that you don't want to do their lives get put at risk the more we keep trying to take, you know, and yeah. you know what, I think what you, well, I think the life that you live is, is really, really brave, especially taking these things on because people want to think that just they eat their hamburger and they don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah. And for people like you, I mean, like that's why it's, I respect you so much because you're saying like, how about we don't just push it under the rug? How about we talk about it? And it makes people very uncomfortable. It really does. But I'm not uncomfortable. And that's why I'm so happy to talk to you. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you're willing to talk to me about these things because they're so important to discuss and so important to remind people of because a lot of it, I, I personally think, is not intentionally ignored most sure. of the time. But yeah. I mean, obviously, there are just some cases of it's easier not to think about the bad things that you're doing or the bad <laughs> aspects of your life that you're contributing to the world. It's it, that's the case for a lot of people. But I think for a lot of people, it's just like they're not told. And I, I wasn't told for a Correct. long time. It, and it wasn't my parents fault. No. Um, and it's it's funny because um, the, the person that I made children with, we're not married anymore, but we obviously were married at the time. And um, when I read eating animals, I was like, that's it. This is the nail in the coffin for eggs. Like I'm right. totally done. And he was like, I don't want to read that book. Don't talk to me about that book. I don't want to hear about it. Like enough is enough. Right. And you know what? I kind of let it go. And he ended up reading the book on his own 
And he was so pissed off because he said, now that I know, I can't look away. Wow. And he became a vegan. And he ended up, he's no longer a vegan. He eats a very heavily plant-based diet, but he ended up losing 100 pounds. Wow. On that diet and keeping it off. I mean, it's not even a diet. It was a way of life. But I remember he was so annoyed with me because he's like, once I look, like I can't look away, you know? Right. And it was really amazing. We raised our kids vegan um, still. And, um, you know, it's something we came to together, you know, for their little bodies. But it's hard. It's very hard. I, I wanted to talk about uh, the decision to raise your children vegan. I, I love that and I admire that so much. I I can't wait to raise vegan babies of my own one day. Um, and I, I, I watched your video of, of you talking about it. And I love that you said it, it's worthwhile to make sacrifices for a greater good because that's obviously a lesson that applies to so many things. But I think a lesson that a lot of children aren't really taught very often that, you know, yeah. yes, it might, it like you were speaking about how it could be more difficult when your kids are at a birthday party, but you know, you mm -hmm. found out a way around that, but there, mm -hmm. there are small sacrifices like that. But at the end of the day, you're teaching your children one of the greatest lessons of all time, which is also For sure. and compassion. it's very, very consistent. It's very consistent with a, a child's sensibility. You know, um, there's there's some really hilarious videos. I'm sure you've seen them. If not, I recommend them highly where children are told like what their chicken nugget is actually made of. Right, right. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm eating what? You yeah. Know, <laughs> like that. It's like you're putting who where? Like, exactly. You know? And um and the, and the fact is there there are many many places in this country, you know, in this world where um resources are very very scarce, but but we are the only country that gets the most of our protein from animal sources. Even in countries that eat of, you know, animals and dairy and use those in their diet, no one is feeding their children the amount of dairy and meat that we do in this country. No one because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's so scary. I, I mean, and also just, it, it, it it's so scary for the health implications for, you know, sure. we're, we're not really telling uh, younger generations where these things are coming from, at least not most mm -hmm. people. Thankfully, there are people like you and, and other vegans in this world who are, you know, bringing light to that. And it, those videos of, of children finding out where their animal products come from, it's so... <laughs> It's always so interesting to me because no adults have that reaction. Like, <laughs> children right. are always so much more naturally compassionate um, right. than if I tell adults like the reality behind the uh, eggs yeah. and, um, you know, the reality behind getting all these animal products. They're like, okay. And they're jaded. I mean, many people are jaded and also like, you know, I didn't even know there was a different way to be when I was a teenager. I just thought I was going to feel guilty forever every time I ate. Like, literally. Right. I thought I was just going to feel guilty. And 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 also, when I became a vegetarian, you know, even though I was lacto-ovo, like, there was not very much to eat. I'll just be super honest with you. Like, I ate pasta and french fries. Like, right. there was not... There would no, forget about alternative meats because then you get those people being like, well, that's not healthy for you. Okay, fine. Don't eat alternative meats. There wasn't even options for like rice and bean burritos. Like 
everything had lard. Everything was hiding dairy somewhere. Like right. everything was meat. I went to UCLA. Like I lived off of the tofu at Panda Express until I found out it's made with chicken stock. Like really yeah. people? <laughs> really? <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's so unfortunate and ridiculous how many things that one would think are probably safe for us oh, to eat. Do not try and, I mean, Cheesecake Factory, thank God they added you know, an impossible burger, you cannot eat anything else on the menu. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's how so many places are in like, thank Correct. God. And a lot of that is it's economics though, too, right? It's like, well, we have so much chicken stock that we're just going to put it in everything. I believe the white rice at Panda Express is made with chicken stock. Like it's obscene. And oh I hope I didn't God. just ruin, hope I didn't just ruin that for people. But the day that I found out was a very sad day. So now <laughs> it's your sad day. No, it's important. It's important for us to know. And Sorry. It, you, you can pretend I didn't say that. Enjoy your panda. No, no. It's it's all good information to know. Um I I mean that's the case for so many things and luckily like there are there are apps. I don't know if you use Happy Cow. Oh, how could I not use Happy Cow? Exactly. You should kick me off your podcast if I don't use Happy Cow. <laughs> I back back in the day when people traveled, I traveled a lot because I do speaking engagements and like that was my fun thing. I would, you know, I'd sometimes be in a in a city for 18 hours and I would be like, let me try all the vegan places. Like it was fun. It was like my own little culinary journey, you know, of finding local vegan places that were making amazing food. Like, you know, and I hope to do that again, but happy cow is absolutely how I did that. That's so fun. How, how have your experiences been traveling for, for work and finding vegan options? Do you find it a, a, a difficult thing to do or, or easier in I mean, some places so much, so much easier now because of you know places like happy you know uh you know things like happy cow um you know there are places that are harder than others but i have to say like i went to minneapolis and like i didn't even know that there was a proper vegan deli and butcher shop and like it was an amazing experience just to find places like that i also read veg news and have for a million years um and that is still a magazine that I get in the mail. I need to read it. And they feature different cities every month, um, every issue that show you all the fun vegan places. There are so many more vegan places now. Like it's changed so much in the last five years. So much. It's a new world. Like I can almost go to any city and find something vegan now. And it's not just like ordering, you know, pasta. Like I actually get a meal, a fun meal, a good meal. Right? It's so exciting and so surprising so many times. I feel like I still occasionally have some sort of bias because I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm like, for instance, I'm moving to Texas in uh, in a week for five months. Mm -hmm. And when I went wow. there for the first time uh, to film the pilot for my show, I was like, well, I'm not going to eat for the entire time I'm here. There's <laughs> nothing that I'm going to be able to eat. But little did I know, Dallas actually has like the best vegan food I think I've ever had. So mm -hmm. it's crazy, like how available and, you know, I, I can't really have a, a bias anymore because really no matter where you are, the vegans are, are alive and well, and, you know, it's a uh, stepping for up sure. for us and creating these amazing options. We're, we're stepping out in the world. Look out. Here yes. We <laughs> here we come. I also love that you read veg news because we That's love sad. them here. The senior editor has been a guest on Vegan Abattoir and so exciting. They are the best. They're just the best. Um, 
So I, I also want to ask, this is more for me personally than perhaps the listeners, but I really want to know, <laughs> um, how do you make sure that you're getting vegan foods while on set while you're working it's something i definitely have a hard time with oh, and if you have advice <laughs> it's very hard this is actually a difficult question i mean sorry it's it's difficult and it's timely because i'm starting my new show i'm i'm doing this show called call me cat and um with covid it's even more complicated and i think that if I was a certain kind of person, I'd be like, you must cater vegan food for me and I'll put it in my contract. But I'm not right. that person. So I didn't do that. And I will also say that a lot of people, I'm not going to lie, have like private chefs. Mm. I don't have that. It's not, it's never been kind of my style. No judgment against people who like that, you right. know, in Hollywood or elsewhere. But like, I'm like a crunchy granola hip, hippie. Like I just like, I <laughs> don't have fancy people making fancy food for me. It's just not my thing. So now with, um, you know, the restrictions because of the virus, like we can't even eat food. Like we, like you can't eat in front of other people. Like you have to eat in your room. So I'm actually like literally in the midst of trying to figure this out. And what I think I'm going to do is come up with a little bit more of a, a regimented like cooking on Sundays so that, you know, I make rice and beans and I have things and package it, what I usually end up doing on sets is eating much more simply than I would if I wasn't on set. Mm. Meaning I'll tend to eat more raw. Um, when I was on Big Bang, I would sometimes do like a raw flush or an unprocessed flush mm. where I would do like tons of fruits and vegetables. I would do raw nuts and I would like do that for a couple days a week and like bring smoothies from home. So that's something I do. But to be honest, like it's very difficult. And there's so many rules about how food can be prepared. But for me, I'm going to kind of figure it out as I go and try and remember that like foods, the way the earth makes them is still kind of the best way to eat, you know, for a lot of your time. Right. That's, that's so true. I've never personally tried eating raw vegan. How is your experience with that? Do you feel different? I love it. I feel really different. I mean, usually what you feel is that you're not eating sugar. So that's what feels like a detox. Right. <laughs> um, and that, that, that'll give you a headache for a day. I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, but what happens when I do like a raw flush like that is it really resets my palate. And I find that like, I don't need as much salt. I don't need as much, like, I'm not always wanting to dip everything in ketchup and honey mustard. Like, right. you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to get all that like sugar um, yeah. because my palate kind of gets reset. So I really like it. And what I'll often do is I'll do like a day of like, you know, like smoothies and like, you know, make sure there's protein in them. Like I'll do nut butter, you know, I'm not just trying to like do a skinny flush. That's not my interest at all. Right. Um, but then I'll add things like unprocessed tofu, like, you know, and I'll do like, you know, I'll do uh, effectively like, you know, like wonton soup, no wontons, right? But mm. with veggie broth. And so it's like all the vegetables. So then they're at least a little cooked and my body's getting some cooked food, but also some tofu. So like, I'll do that. I, I feel amazing. And my record is nine days like that. It's, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll have to and try And then I it. just feel like I, yeah. And then I feel like I, I crave chips less, you know, like all the stuff that would be my go-tos. It's like my body's like, oh, we can do this differently. Right, right. Um, what is your go-to snacks when you, your go-to vegan snacks? What do you normally crave on, on a normal day? 
uh, I mean, I crave everything, which is a problem. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm a baby carrots person. I feel like they solve a lot of problems. Um, True. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm a, like, I'm a very anxious person, meaning I like to fidget and like, so like baby carrots, you get to like, keep putting them in your mouth. Like I like grapes. <laughs> um, I like small foods, you know, um, I will do like a handful of, you know, walnuts or almonds, but, um, I don't know who created hip peas. Ooh. But it's become a problem. Right. I eat them every <laughs> single day. It's become a problem. I literally like we say if it's not an option, it's not a problem. I've had to stop making it an option sometimes because <laughs> it's so good. And I'm also obsessed with chow cheese. Oh, me too. C-H-A-O. It's also a problem because like I feel like I can eat the whole block in one sitting. Yeah. Um, it's very, very delicious. So I'm trying to think, yeah, I try and do, like I said, fruits and stuff like that tend to be go-tos. And I really have noticed that the more kind of trashy vegan stuff I have around, the more I'm going to eat it. So I try not to have it around too much. Right. I save it for special occasions, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, there's, hey, there's always a time and a place for trashy vegan foods. Always. Maybe it's not all (laughs) the time, but that's also a huge misconception is that all vegan food is healthy, which it is not. No, at no, all. It's, you can you can gain a lot of weight as a vegan. I know people who have done it. <laughs> yeah, I I did it. I it's it's happened to me. It's it's very easy to just because it's vegan doesn't yes. mean it's healthy. And there are some pretty incredible snacks out there for us Absolutely. vegans. I've been yep. really obsessed with um, chips made out of cauliflower recently, and. Oh. I highly I recommend that. They're pretty similar to um, hippies, but they're more, they okay. it kind of tastes like more of a Cheeto sort of situation. It's really oh, great. stop it. <laughs> you just said it. You said the magic you word. said the magic um, word. <laughs> the other thing I'll tell you, which is my favorite, favorite thing. This is a funny story because my one of my favorite trashy snack foods, um, well, sour cream and onion Pringles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait for it. Those are dairy. I mean, it's dairy. Right. But wait for it. In Israel, they are not dairy. Oh, so wow. When I when I go to Israel, I get also Doritos that are not dairy. What? And it's Yes, you have to come with me. Oh we my god, a vegan, please. A vegan tour of Israel. When my children got to I literally videotaped them eating their first Dorito and their first sour cream and onion potato chip. Because they had never had one. And I was like, I'm literally going to give you the greatest food in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember my older son, he must have been about six or seven. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, (laughs) how could you not have given me this before? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So Israel, next time I go, I will try and secure some in a... um, you know, a safe suitcase because they do they do crumble when you bring them home. I've tried that several times. Oh my gosh, that uh, Doritos are one of the foods. I mean, I don't really miss many things, but Doritos uh, you definitely. Do, you do not there. have to miss them anymore. <laughs> you don't have to miss them anymore. Wait, why? 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 So the reason <laughs> is that, so so the the rules of kosherness, um, which you know is one of the ways that we can that we vegans can check if something is dairy or not, because there's a kosher certification that has a teeny tiny little D right. next to the U in the circle, and sometimes that means that the facility is dairy, and these are just the rules of kind of how we designate foods in the Jewish community and in the kosher community, but in Israel, a lot of the factories 
just because of the way the factories are set up, they have to be either dairy or meat. And the facilities that produce meat exclusively produce meat products. The other facilities have the option of not having to be dairy. So they're what we call parov, which means there's no dairy or meat. So Pringles are made in a factory that doesn't make anything that's meaty or dairy. They get to be nothing. They're completely vegan. It's the best. Wow. I mean, that's so great to know. It's a life changer. I It know. It's a life changer. I am going to try to see if I can somehow secure some on the internet, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let me know if you have luck, because otherwise I have to go and get them. It's a very long flight and we're in the middle of a virus. So. Yes, but maybe <laughs> worth it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I also wanted to ask in regards to acting, how do you feel about wearing animal materials in in your wardrobe um this is i mean honestly this show that i'm doing for um you know for fox this is the first time in my career when i'm i've been able to make that loving gentle request and i give credit to beth morgan our designer um my character will be vegan in Yay! her clothing and that's awesome um shoes presents a challenge because there are a lot of places that sometimes like claim that it's leather, but it's actually synthetic. So it takes a little more research. Right. Um, but we've got a bunch of stuff from Matt and Nat, um, some really cute bags from them. And they also make some beautiful shoes. Um, I don't like, I mean, while I know that there are very fancy brands like Stella McCartney and all those things, like that's not really kind of my lifestyle or my characters. Right. So we're really trying to also show that like there's reasonable fashion. It doesn't have to be a big deal to have vegan fashion. So that's what we're doing for the character. Um, In my personal wardrobe, I do not have, I, I, I am completely, you know, vegan in my wardrobe. I will say that I have a few items left over from when I was a teenager. Like I have my old Doc Martens. Right. Um, they do make Doc Martens that are vegan and I do own vegan Doc Martens. Um, but I do still have, you know, my Doc Martens from when I was 20 years old. Um, and there actually was a specific question once in Veg News about this. Like, is it better to throw things out and like contribute to, you know, waste? And so what they said is like, people have different perspectives, but I also have one wool sweater that I've had again, since I was probably 20 years old. I only wear it if I go to New York and it's cold. But I also know that like, if I were living in the Alaskan frozen tundra, of course I would have different needs, you know? Right. But generally speaking, I don't believe people need to be purchasing wool. You know, like I, I really, I don't and I don't. Um, it's hard when I do red carpet stuff because the choices are often a lot more limited. And often I will wear a shoe that has, let's say, a leather bottom, even though the fabric is not leather, you know, the top is not leather. Right. Um, but like I said, I do not own them. And, um, and I, I asked my stylist to find other options where we can. And I know it sounds ridiculous that those things are complicated, but There's a lot of rules in the fashion world that I also don't understand. So <laughs> No, absolutely. It is really complicated, especially for for things like red carpet events where everybody's yep. wearing these ridiculously fancy clothes and you know yep. they, it's not like always the options are a plenty and stuff. So especially for well, vegans. Well, you also like yeah, like we don't want people to think that being vegan means we can't also be hip and like it didn't use like literally shoes. I used to live in flip flops and Converse because that's all we could wear that was vegan, you know? Right. 
So the fact that you can look like other people, like it is important. And you know, for those of us in the industry, like looking competitive, meaning looking like other women, unfortunately it is a thing. And you don't want to feel like, oh, there's the vegan in her weird vegan, whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad a lot of that's a lot of that's being normalized now. And I think that's amazing. And designers like Stella have helped us out, you know, by sort of um, showing that you don't have to choose, you know, it's not being hip or being vegan. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that's a huge misconception is that, is that we can't look good while being vegan, but that's, that's not mm -hmm. true. There are so many options. It's just kind mm -hmm. of the same for your diet. You know, vegan options aren't, you have to work a little harder. <laughs> yeah. They're not always right in front of you, but they're there. You just gotta like search a little bit and maybe sacrifice mm -hmm. a little bit, but they're there and that's what matters yeah. the most. And yep. I, I think that's so, so insanely cool that that your character is going to have a vegan wardrobe on your new show. That That's so exciting. It's very exciting. And it feels, for me, it, it feels good. Like the same way that like eating animals as a kid made me feel ick. Like that's kind of how it feels for me now. Like I just, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good to put on clothes when, right. when I think about the journey that that item of clothing has been through. And I know that not everyone feels that way. And like, that's okay too. Right. But I still get to make my choices. And just like, I don't tell you, you know, that I think you're gross. You don't get to tell me that I'm gross, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do want to tell people they're gross, but you know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, me too. But it's <laughs> it's so important that, you know, you're, you're giving us this representation of that it's possible to have a show and and walk these carpets all while being vegan and and wearing vegan fashion that means so much to me as a vegan actor because it's something i for sure struggle with when i'm working you know how to yeah not push any any boundaries but to also be like hey if it's possible it'd be yeah. awesome and and i think also I think that's also a thing that like when people hear that it's hard, like I think that people forget that like we don't just get all like ballsy and like, here's what I want. Cause I'm vegan. Like that's a turnoff yeah. to a lot of people. And I think especially as women, like it's true. We have been put in the position where it's like, I'm so sorry for existing. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm so sorry, 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 sorry. Exactly. But that's what it feels like. And it doesn't matter that, I've been on a TV show. It doesn't matter that I've been nominated for Emmys. I still feel that way because I'm a human and I'm a woman. And that's just the world that we live in. So we have to find a way also to do it. Not so that people like don't like that I have a big mouth. It's not like I'm afraid of that. But we all need to have people see that like we can be different, but it doesn't need to be like I'm making it like martial law. And yes. you have to do this. Like there's a gentle way to say like I'm a vegan. And here's, you know, here's something I'd love to work for. And how can we work around it? You Absolutely. know, I'm not going to be like, you have to do this. Like, I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to, I don't want people to think vegans are like that. Say so you're so angry because you don't have enough protein. Yeah, no, that's not what we want ever. <laughs> and I think it's all comes down to, you know, just having respect for each other as human beings. And right. if, if these are our choices in the way that we choose to live our life, then hopefully other people will respect that and, and mm -hmm. want to help contribute to us living the way that we've chosen to. So so I hope Absolutely. it will get easier for us, uh, you know, especially 
while working because that's kind of where I have the most difficulty is is when I'm working. Yep. <laughs> but thankfully, there are people like you, wonderful, amazing people who are going to make it easier for the rest of us. Thank you. <laughs> um, Doing my best. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. But thank you for changing it for me. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Um, It's been so amazing to talk to you. And thank you so much for all your amazing input and insight. It's it's been so such a pleasure speaking to you, and I'm so honored to have you here on Vegan Abattoir. Well, also, first of all, thank you, and um, that's very, very kind of you to say. And I've I've known about you for a long time because I'm a million and a half years old, and so like I literally feel like <laughs> no. I was like I feel like I was in the you know delivery room like cheering your parents on because <laughs> I'm just such a huge fan of your dad. But I'm gonna ask a question. What does abattoir mean? Oh my gosh. I I mean, I didn't know either. Um <laughs> so my dad actually uh it, it was his idea because I was going to do the podcast by myself and I told my dad about it and then he got really butt hurt and insulted and was like <laughs> he literally came up to me and was like you would be making a huge mistake if you don't have me as a co-host and I was like okay oh my gosh um, he has to be part of everything I love it he really must he needs it but um he one of the things that you know made me really want to do it with him was that he he thought of the name vegan abattoir and I was like oh my gosh that's so smart because abattoir uh means slaughterhouse in French so um oh yes yeah, so our our tagline our motto whatever is uh butchering bullshit and slaughtering misinformation so we're slaughtering in a vegan way <laughs> i love that that is so awesome that was of the he thought of that right <laughs> that was kind of his his peace offering for joining because okay, he deserves to be part of it then. <laughs> yes i couldn't leave the name behind it was too good <laughs> well thank you for really thank you for including me and um you know like i said we have a lot in common and i've heard about you for so many years and just really really grateful to get to speak to you and and thank you also for putting, you know, a young and hip face um, on on a vegan way of life, because a lot of people think of it as just like, you know, weird old hippies doing yoga in the woods. Right. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of people who choose this lifestyle because we do believe that even if it's harder, it's worth it. It's worth it for what you believe in, how it makes you feel, the impact on our healthcare system and the environment. So I'm really, really grateful that you had me on and um, I look forward to talking more, hopefully, about other things. Oh, yay, me too. Thank you so much, Maya. You're the best. Oh my God, I love her. She's awesome. And she's gonna so make cool. ve she's gonna make sure all her wardrobe is is green, is vegan. Mm -hmm. That's a commitment, man. I do oh, I tell you, the wardrobe department's gonna love her. <laughs> like, did you fucking hear what Miss Mayam wants everything to be plant-based? That's how change happens. Mm -hmm. That's how you make changes in a world. Uh, full of, uh, th that needs systemic changes. Like that's, that's one right there, man. And it's a little in more inconvenient perhaps for somebody else, but worth it in the long run, uh, for all. She's going to make it easier for the rest of us in the future. Exactly. She pushes that door open so that on another set somewhere down the road, somebody's like, Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. I got this. To um, say the least, 
I am not at that point of No, you don't career. have enough juice. You ain't got that mind-biolic Miss <laughs> no, Mime juice, man. To say the least. You didn't have no Big Bang Theory yet? No. Jeez. <laughs> so that won't be. That was the one thing you should have fucking asked her, man. Like, mm-hmm. when you were all done with everything at the end, you should have been like, all right, so we're wrapping up, and I just want to say it was great talking to you, and you're a love fellow vegan, and blah, blah, blah. But before we go... How much fucking money did you make on that show, man? I want to know. <laughs> probably, I she can't must even be imagine. Fucking stinking rich. All those kids, those Big Bang kids, are rich, man. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being that rich, where you're like, I could just guest on people's podcasts for the rest of my life, or host a game show if I want, or what's the new thing she's doing? Call me cat. I mean, fuck. World's at her fingertips, and she's smart. It's not fucking fair to have like a bunch of TV shows and be brilliant. It's like, really in not real life. fair. I know. It's not too fair, but I'm She's happy for well. her. <laughs> we all are, man. Uh, more of fucking Maya, less of everything else in this world. True. Um, we share a, a hair person. We also, her and I share a publicist too. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, and we all share a hair person. Uh-huh. We all. You share my hair person. Yes. shares Maya as well. Emily Dawn. Yeah. Christensen. Yes. Um, <laughs> The, uh, yeah, every once in a while, like, uh, Emily would be like, blah, 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 Mayim said. And I was like, oh, that's right. Like, mm-hmm. you do her hair as well. Small world. Very small world. Small world here on Vegan Abattoir, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but not small world, but big good times. <laughs> Thank you. That's our new slogan. <laughs> that's the worst slogan ever. <laughs> um, you're not nearly as positive as Miss Mayim. So Sorry. I want her to be my new co host and stuff. Hey. We're going to split this into two podcasts. You can go off and host one with your b- b- boyfriend. Hey. Me and Maya will host it for like, we're the fucking real famous vegans in this bitch. And we're hey. here to tell you what to eat. Hey. <laughs> I will sue you. You Let me, can I give you a compliment? Yeah, yeah. You're becoming such a great interviewer. Thanks. I remember in the first few episodes, I was real touch and go where I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> but you have really found your rhythm, man. And you know what that came from? Listen, editing. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The I, moment I stopped editing, and I was like, "Here you go, you you fucking shaped up quick." It uh, it made me become a better speaker in real life too. I don't say like or um very much when I speak. Because, Do you really? Are you cognizant of that now? Oh yeah. Now now I'm super aware of it. Hmm. I gotta tell you, I feel fucking proud of myself for handing off editing. Like it, it's, it only took me try like fighting for it and you being like, no. Yeah, I was like, I don't want you to enjoy this. <laughs> it breaks my heart though. I asked her the other day, you know, like how long does it take you to ep- edit an episode? She's like six hours. I'm like, oh, kiddo, you got to get sharper. You got to like when we'll, we'll keep it tighter when we do our intros or whatever. I, it breaks my heart to think of you like, and she talked about it, not just like. It taking six hours. It takes six hours because she'll take a line out, then listen to it, then put the line back in and take a different line out. <laughs> She's line editing this shit. Attentive. Very. Um, I want to sound incredibly intelligent. Damn it. <laughs> Edit. Exactly. Sometimes. Um, I, no, actually, never mind. <laughs> see, hold on to that one. I was about to expose myself. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. The show's confessional in nature. No, well, okay. Well, sometimes now. Because of the nature of recording over Zoom, sometimes it will cut out mm-hmm. and it will be a line, but then it will sound all mm-hmm. staticky or something. Gobbly, like, give me your yeah. So I'll go and find that person saying the word at a different time, bring the word <laughs> to replace the the staticky version of the word so it sounds better. Wow. Number one, very time consuming. Thoughtful, <laughs> but time consuming. Number two... 
I, I wonder if ethically that changes the content. That's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> well, if, if you're just swapping out a word, it's though. Ju- it's the same word. Yeah. It's just to make it sound better because I don't want people thinking we have a low-quality podcast. Yeah, God forbid. God Fucking, forbid. They hear all the curse and they're like, this is high quality. High brow. <laughs> this is the New Yorker of vegan podcasts. I would never want anyone to think that. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it's adorable how much work you're putting into it. Good for you man and and it does have ripple effects beyond the podcast itself like you said like it trains you to mm-hmm. speak differently in the real world i did need to take a week off last week for my mental health and editing because it takes me so, so many long. hours it i mean there's only so many hours in the week so it takes so long <laughs> Uh, you're doing great. It's also, I don't love hearing my voice back all the time. Oh, I know some of us do, mm-hmm. but this person does not. So that there's that. Once you get it, your voice to a place where you like the sound of it, like where you're like, oh, that's how I want. And once you control it like an instrument, because you go back and listen to the early podcasts, I'm like, hi, I'm Kevin Smith. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm the Barry White of podcasting, man. I can bring it down here. Oh, I know how to control. I use it like an instrument now. I have seen an interview with you when you were just a young little baby. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm too cool to answer your questions because I'm the indie flavor of the month. I mean, technically, I was the flavor of the year. Technically, a decade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There it is, kids. Uh, look, I had to fucking help you out. You showed your insane little secret. I had to share a little <laughs> bit of mine, so it Thank took you. the heat off of Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Took the hits for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did you enjoy yourselves uh, here in the vegan abattoir, ladies and gentlemen? Have we slaughtered misinformation? Did Miss Mayam butcher bullshit? Yes. Good. I answered for the audience. Uh, she did. Uh, thank you for saying <laughs> some. I, I, I guarantee you the editor is going to cut that out. <laughs> like, I don't like the sound of that person's voice. I cut it right out. <laughs> um, we have no show without the person sitting across from me, the little vegan astronaut, Miss Harley Quinn Smith. Hey. Um, that's it for Vegan Abattoir this week. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Yeah, of our Vegan Abattoir. Uh,